Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another tutorial. Today we're going to uh, install software for a Adafruit 3.5 inch Pi TFT to make an Octoprint rig. So this is the project here and we're just going to walk through um, the software part of the tutorial. You're going to need some parts. Um, so I actually have the parts here in front of me. I'm actually using a Raspberry Pi 3, but you can use a Raspberry Pi 1 or a Raspberry Pi 2. Um, I have the Adafruit Pi TFT. This is the 3.5 inch version. I have a keyboard as well, and I have a Wi-Fi dongle, but you could also use uh, Ethernet if you have uh, wired Ethernet. And I recommend using a blank card, an SD card. This is an 8 gigabyte class um, 10, I believe. It might be class 4 or class 10. Um, yeah, and it comes with a, uh, an adapter, an SD card adapter, so we can uh, use an S you can use the onboard SD card reader on my computer. So that's about it. Let's get started with the software stuff. Um, so first up, you'll need to download the Raspberry Pi uh, ready-to-go image that is provided here in the guide. This is a Jesse-based image, and it has all the software stuff configured for the Pi TFT 3.5-inch version, and it's a resistive touch display. And this will work with a Pi 1, a Pi 2, or a Pi 3. So once you download that, you will need to unzip it, and you'll be left with this image here. So to actually burn this image to your SD card, uh, there's a couple different apps. You could do it through the terminal uh, if, you're, if you're comfortable with that. Or if you want to use a, uh, a graphical interface app, uh, there are quite a few different ones. I'm on a Mac, so I'm going to use Apple Pie Baker. So I'll launch that, Apple Pie Baker. It'll ask you for your password. Enter that, and here's the GUI. So the first thing I'm going to do now is actually insert um, my SD card into my computer. Um, so if I look at the finder, you see that it showed up, but I have to hit this little refresh button. And there it is. Make sure you select the right one. It is the 7.9 gigabyte uh, generic storage device. And I'm going to choose the image file by clicking that button there. I have it open here in my finder, so I'm just going to drag it over like this. Hit open. And now I can uh, restore backup which is basically burning it. So this will take a moment, you get a little progress bar, and I will pause the, the tutorial here, and then we come back, we'll see if, when it's done. All right, so we're just about finished burning. There's a nice uh, time estimation here. So when this finishes, it'll actually, I have this selected here, it'll um, eject it when it's successful. So your apple pie is ready. It's finished baking my SD card. So it's been ejected, I'll hit okay. So here it is, I'll take it out of the adapter. So I just left with that. Next, I'm going to bring it into the Raspberry Pi, which is on the bottom here. So make sure I get this here, like that. And what I'll do now is actually uh, install the, the Adafruit Pi TFT. So all you have to do is just uh, bring it on here on the header, bring the two headers together, nicely seated together. There's a little package. And now I will power it on. So I actually have a five volt uh, power supply uh, connected to my wall, and, and, and it's uh, just a regular micro USB uh, cable. So I'll plug it in here, and it should automatically boot up. Do get a white screen at first. Set it down right there. And what I'll need to do is actually connect um, the Wi-Fi. There it gets booting, so I get the boot screen, so we're all good. So I'm going to plug in uh, the Wi-Fi adapter and my keyboard adapter because I'm going to need the keyboard in order to insert my um, credentials, my Wi-Fi credentials. So 
I should be able to do that without it crashing, but I think on the Pi 1, if you were to do this, it'll crash. So don't do that if you're Pi 1. So I'll just plug in that, and I'll plug in this. And the cool thing about the, the ready-to-go image is that it'll automatically log in and boot into the uh, X11. So there it is booting, and the touchscreen is pre-calibrated. And unfortunately, mine has a cracked screen, so that's not working. <laughs> so be careful with your screen. I mean, I broke mine because I dropped it, but hopefully yours did not drop. I'll make sure my keyboard is turned on. There it goes. And there we go. I can see stuff here. So what I'll do now is actually log in. Okay, so I've gone ahead and ins uh, typed in my uh, Wi-Fi password. And again, it's up here in the corner. You go to LAN 1 and then pick your uh, your desired Wi-Fi um, network. So once that's good, um, you'll have a little green check mark. And it's just, it shows that it is connected to the internet. So I can start um, following the next procedure. So I'm actually going to uh, open terminal and I type in ifconfig so I can find out what the IP address is. And it looks like right here, it is 10.1.10.09. So I'm actually going to now stop using the Pi here and I'm going to switch over to my desktop so that I can SSH into it using terminal and, and just follow the process through there because the screen is a little bit small. So I'm going to use my computer to do all the stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and go to terminal and I made it nice and big so you guys can see it. We'll start by typing in ssh pi at 10.1.10.109 because that is the IP address that it told us. I'll hit OK. So ssh pi at your IP address. And then it'll ask me if I want to authenticate. I'll say yes. And I'll type in the password. The default password is raspberry. All right, so now we are SSH'd in, SSH'd in and we can uh, start following the next process, uh, the next step. So the next step is actually to follow uh, the Raspbian, uh, the Raspi setup in Octoprint. So we'll go over here. So we'll scroll down to basic setup. So first thing right here. Uh, so we'll need to get some dependencies like Python 2.7. So I'll do this. I'm just going to copy that. So we're we're already in the the root. So I'll start by getting this piece here. Just copy that first line. And basically just saying, it's saying uh, super user app get install. So I'm gonna go ahead and hit enter. And this is gonna go ahead, download those things, build a dependency tree. And this should take a little bit. It's gonna say, hey, do you have uh, some additional space? And I'll say, uh, yes. You can put, just type in Y and hit enter. So this is gonna go ahead and download all the good stuff. And it might take a minute or two, but uh, depending. All right, so it's now finished. It got all the dependencies, set everything up, and unpackaged everything. So when it's done, uh, we'll be left with uh, this guy here. So the next step is to actually do a git clone of, Ras uh, of Octoprint. So we'll copy that next link, uh, the next line, paste it in, hit enter, and this will clone GitHub repo. So this will take uh, a couple minutes, give or take. All right, so we're back. It's been about 10 minutes or so, and unfortunately, um, the remote and hung up unexpectedly. So my Wi-Fi is a little bit dodgy here. So uh, word of advice, definitely want to consider if you are using Wi-Fi to do it uh, in close proximity of your Wi-Fi router. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to switch over um, from uh, the Wi-Fi dongle. So I'm going to take the Wi-Fi dongle out. 
and I'm just going to connect Ethernet into it because I have Ethernet. Probably should do that first. But I, I tend to use the Wi-Fi um, as most people would. But you know, it's sometimes it's better option to use um, Ethernet. That's way it's faster, and you're just eliminating any problems that can occur. All right, so since we switched from um, Wi-Fi to Ethernet, we actually have a different IP address. So if you roll over um, the little icon up here and you hover over, it'll tell you what the Ethernet IP address. So it's 10.1.10.2.19. So we need to remember that, and then we'll switch back over over here. And I just went ahead and made a new terminal window. So I'm going to do SSH pi at 10.1.10, and I'll change 109 to 2.19. Hit enter. Raspberry is still the password. All right, so now let's go back over to the guide here, and we still need to do the git clone. So I got cop that I have that copied in my clipboard, paste it in here, and hit enter, and it'll restart the process here since it failed uh, previously. And this will take about maybe 10 minutes or so, depending on your internet speed. And it says there's no space left, so that is a big problem. So if there's no space left, it looks like we have to uh, open up, expand the um, the disk. So to do that, um, we can do sudo raspi config. You should have done that first, and, and, it, and this will launch the the Raspberry Pi software configuration tool. Oh, uh, you can use your arrow keys to navigate here to to select something. I'm going to click on this one here. It says um, expand file system. I'll hit enter. It'll expand it. It says your root partition has been resized, so hit OK. So now we'll go to finish, and we'll actually need to reboot. So that'll reboot the Pi. If you look over here in the overhead, you can see the Pi is rebooting. It should still retain that same IP address. It's uh, In my case, it's 10.1.10.209. So there she goes. I will switch back over. There she is. All right. And we'll do SSH again, Raspberry. I still have it copied to my clipboard, so do git clone again. So it'll clone. This time it should have enough data. It should have enough room. Definitely should have expanded the file system first before doing any any installations. Um, but hey, it, you can run into that problem and uh, solve it and just keep moving, just keep going. So everything should be okay. All right, so that's done. And next I will do... Uh, this right here, which we're going into the Octoprint directory, and I can do ls to see if there's stuff there. Looks like all the files are there. So the next thing I'm gonna do is do this virtual environment uh, command. So I'll copy and paste that into the terminal, hit enter. And this is going to uh, install some setup tools, pip, and unpackage some things. So that will take uh, a good minute. Oh, no, it looks like it's done, perfect. So we'll run to the next line, which will upgrade pip. Let's do that. Upgrade it. We're still inside the Octoprint directory. So it'll download that. Successfully uninstalled pip. Alright, it needs to do that. And uh, successfully installed pip, cleaning up. Alright, so now I will move on to the next one where it installs the setup.py. Paste that in. Hit enter. This will run through a bunch of stuff here. This might take a minute or so. And I'll go ahead and copy the next line, which is make directory octoprint. So I have that copied. And we'll give this a minute or so. All right, so it looks like it finished processing dependencies for octoprint 1.1.12. So the next thing we can do is, is make the directory 
here. So I'll just copy and paste that in, hit enter. Looks like it did it. So now we have a couple different things to do here. Uh, if you read here, it says that you might need to um, get some, uh, some, some user access stuff for C report. So I'm just going to follow that, hit that, and then do the next one. Paste that in, hit OK. Those are really quick and easy. So now it says you should then be able to start the Octoprint server. To do that, we don't copy this whole thing. We're just going to copy this right here. So let's give that a shot. It should be able to start Octoprint now. So it looks like it started it. Let's go ahead and try it on our browser to load it up. So it's going to be 10.1.10.219. And then you'll need semicolon 5,000. So let's enter that. Give it a minute. It might be still trying to uh, load it up. Yep. So it looks like it's uh, loaded up. And uh, it says somewhere here, path to Cura engine has not been configured yet or does not exist. That's fine. We will get that in a minute here. So it's saying, um, you know, this is the very first thing that you get when you, uh, when you have Octoprint it'll say you need to, it's a big warning, like, hey, make sure uh, to prevent strangers from doing malicious intent, make sure to set up a, a password and stuff. So I just did that. You can pick whatever name you want, but just remember your password. You can disable it if you want, but it is very strongly recommended that you set up a password to secure it. So keep access control enabled. So here it is. I'll have to log in by clicking on the login button and I'll click remember me. So I'll put in my credentials like that and I'm logged in. It'll say there's some uh, announcements and stuff. I hit I read it. Okay. And looks like it's been read. I'll click uh, mark as read. Mark as read. So I have read it. And I'll go ahead and click close and we can close this out by hitting later, I suppose. So now we're we're good. Um, the next thing we need to do is uh, let's let's come here. So if we go back to uh, the GitHub wiki page, and what we'll do, so it's loaded here in the terminal. It's still loading. It's still launched. And if I hit Control X, it'll actually close the server. But what we want to do is we want to let's skip over updating branches. We don't need to do that now. There is a webcam option, so if we wanted to do the webcam, we'd follow through this stuff here, which I'll probably leave out of this tutorial. I can revisit it if you guys would like me to, but I'm going to go down here where it says uh, automatic startup. So this will allow us to automatically start up some stuff. So the first thing here, it says adjust the path in your Octoprint binary in both this file and this file. And we'll basically need to add this line here. So let me show you how to do that. So I'm going to copy this part here. And I'm actually going to have to um, close out uh, Octoprint. So I'll hit Control C. That'll stop the server. It says shutting down, goodbye. And that's fine. So we'll type in sudo nano, which is a super user do an edit. And I'm going to paste that thing that we copied here, the octoprint.init. I'll hit enter. And then you can see here that it says, we need to modify uh, the, a line where it says daemon. So I'll scroll down here, look for daemon. Here's here's the daemon. 
uh, line. So I'm going to hit um, these two lines. Actually, uh, these, uh, the hashtag will actually comment it out. And I'll just, in its place, or right underneath it rather, I will paste in, oops, not that. I need to grab the right daemon line. So I'll copy that daemon line, paste it in. And now I will hit Control X. And it says, okay, do you want to save the the uh, the changes? I will hit Y on my keyboard. And then I'll hit Enter, because it's saying, hey, what's the file? And it's the same file name, so I'll hit Enter. So that file is now done. So since we did this file, now I'm going to do the second file, which is this one here. So I'll just copy that part. I'll do the same thing, sudo nano, and then paste in that new file, or that file, the next file, which is octoprint.default, hit enter. And you can see here, this part is actually already commented out, the daemon path to octoprint executable. So I'll come right here and paste that, oops, not that again. It's very important that you paste the right thing in. So I'm going to grab this guy, paste that in. That looks good. It's the right path. So I will hit Control X again, hit Y, and then Enter to save that. So now I have those, uh, those two files updated. I know that's a little confusing, but hopefully that clears things up. The next thing we need to do is copy the script files to the respective folders. Uh, and make the init script executable. So this one's straightforward, so I can just do this sudo. So I'll just paste that in, hit enter, do the next one, copy and paste, enter, do the next one, copy and paste, enter, and then it said then add this the start to auto start add the script to auto start using sudo update so this command here so I will type that in or paste that in, hit enter. And now this will allow you to start, stop the the octo the octoprint daemon via and then this line. So what you would do ultimately is in, in these curly braces is what you would select. So I'll show you. So I'll do octoprint. So I'll copy that. Pseudo service octoprint. And then I will say start hit enter so it'll start so now it's starting so if I go back over to this here it says server is offline obviously because we closed it uh, I'll, I'll click the button attempt to reconnect and it reconnected so that means that it is good so the next thing I'm going to do is to prove or to, to test that it automatically starts up that octoprint will automatically start up because if you don't do this you'll have to if you don't do this automatic startup uh, song and dance then you'll actually have to run this command every time you want to start it, every time you boot up, which is not ideal. So you would have to run this guy here to, to like start it. But if you want to make it nice and easy and automatic startup, you do have to run through uh, this stuff here. So um, so let me, let me show you guys to test it out. I am actually going to do sudo uh, reboot, which will reboot the, the Raspberry Pi. It's a safe way to reboot it. And you can see instantly that the server is offline. And then um, it's closed the connection to my terminal because we were SSH'd into it. So I'm going to go back over to this guy here. And you can see my overhead that the Raspberry Pi is indeed um, starting up. It booted up. So what's going on is since we did all that uh, song and dance, 
it should automatically start Octoprint now, so we don't have to manually uh, start it up. So here she is, nice and fast, especially with the Raspberry Pi 2 and 3. So it's pretty much loaded up here. At this point, what we can do is launch the browser here. It's called Epiphany. Now, the way to actually launch the Octoprint interface from within the Raspberry Pi, you actually need to type in HTTP, you know, like how, how you do websites, slash slash, and then I'm going to put 0.0.0.0, semicolon 5000. Reason being because it is itself. <laughs> it's, it's its own local host. So you can see it's it's loading up and it'll take a little it'll take a minute or two or maybe not a minute but a couple seconds. There she goes. Now, obviously, this is not optimized for our little Raspberry Pi uh, screen, our, our Adafruit Pi 2T screen. So you can see here it's not really that usable. So what we need to do is actually install a plugin called Mobile Touch UI or probably just Touch UI plugin. So to do that, um, we're going to have to do it on our desktop because we just get a bigger screen real estate. So I'm going to switch back over. And you can see here that Octoprint has automatically booted up on my browser, but it, you do have to run 10. the IP address. In this case, it's the Ethernet uh, IP address. So what I'll do is I'll go to Settings. I'll come down here to Plugin Manager, and I will say Get More and we can search for it here by typing in touch and there it is I'll hit install and if we did everything right it will install the touch UI plugin shout out of course to Billy Blaze who developed this plugin it's very very useful so it is now running start pi install successfully installed touch UI 033 so I'll go ahead and hit close and you see I got a little uh, notification here at the top corner it says the plugin was installed however a restart of Octoprint is needed for that to take effect so to restart Octoprint yeah so we're gonna have to go back to terminal and I will connect to it again so SSH pi 10.1.10.219 log in Raspberry and what I'll do is I will grab this command the sudo service Octoprint and I will say restart enter so that'll just restart Octoprint so it says the server is offline and it's just restarting in the background so give it a minute I'll hit attempt up oh, there it goes please reload there's a new version of the server active now this will not interrupt any print jobs please reload the web interface so I'll hit OK reload now since I hit remember me it should automatically log me in as admin I am and we got this new little guy up here where it's the, the, touch, the touch UI setting. So the cool thing about this is the touch UI will automatically detect your browser's uh, screen resolution. And depending on if it's at a certain smallness, it'll activate that plugin and change all the user interface stuff so that it's responsive to mobile. Let's go ahead and take a look at our overhead. So here's the overhead. It's still saying, hey, you need to reload, obviously. So I'm going to hit the reload button here. Give it a second. So now it's loaded the touch UI stuff. Unfortunately guys, like I said, my my screen is cracked, so I can't test out the touch stuff as you can see. But trust me, it does work. Absolutely does work. But if you drop your screen and you break it, there you go. So to scroll, I'm actually using the mouse button here to click and drag. So this is simulating touch events. 
So that's how you would do it. And obviously right now it's offline because I don't have a printer selected, but you do still need to log in. So I'm gonna click on that hamburger menu and then click and drag and say log in. Click and drag again and I will log in with the credentials that we set up. It's, oops, wrong keyboard. Admin. If I could type, my, my keyboard's a little small so I have to be very cautious about what I type. All right, I'll hit remember me so I never have to type that again. It doesn't have a check, it just kind of flips that little icon. So I'll hit login. And login is successful. You are now logged in as admin. I'll click the X button. And I, when I plug in a, uh, a, a 3D printer in through the USB here, then I should be able to control it manually. So you'll notice that there's a lot of UI stuff that's in the way. So what we can do is hit, uh, I believe it's F11. Yeah, F11 will full screen it. So at this point, uh, you can plug in uh, your Wi-Fi dongle, and obviously you'll have a different Wi-Fi address. You'll have, a, sorry, a different IP address for that Wi-Fi dongle. And you saw how we did, um, we plugged in the ethernet so that we can install everything. But if you wanted to be a little bit more wireless, then of course you can use Wi-Fi. Um, to exit out of this full screen, it is F11. F11 again to go into it. Um, so yeah, I mean, you have full control over it here. And if I had a, a working touch screen that wasn't cracked, then I'd be able to click on stuff and, and whatnot. But it works for the most part. You have a lot of options here. You can uh, obviously pre-hit stuff. You can jog the wheel. You can kick off a print. And the overall thing is just that you can access uh, your 3D printer uh, from any device that is connected to your network. So that is super cool. Um, well, that's pretty much it. If you guys want me to do a tutorial on setting up the Pi camera, let me know. I can probably put that together for you. Obviously, I can't control nothing because I don't have a printer connected. But uh, that's it for the most part, guys. I hope this was clear to you guys. If you have any questions, if you're getting stuck anywhere, go ahead and drop a comment down in the video and we'll go ahead and answer those for you. But that's pretty much it. Um, that's the, the, the how to start it up manually. Um, yeah, like I said, let me know what you guys think. So I think that's it, folks. Um, it does take a, a good hour or so to install everything. Thank you so much for watching. I really hope I helped you guys out. If anybody had any questions, of course, you know what to do. All right, guys, that's it for this one. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.